You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the fourth consecutive game, the Bruins had to go to overtime to decide the outcome. Uh, Unfortunately for them on Tuesday night, they were once again on the short end of the stick this time against the Minnesota Wild. So along with the Bruins Wild game and some other um, Bruins news stories throughout the the last couple of days, let's get right into the opening shifts. Yeah, well, I'll start with that Bruins Wild game, which was was a great game. It was extremely entertaining hockey to watch. Uh, Unfortunately for the Bruins, it's another third-period lead blown uh, that leads to an an overtime loss. And, you know, Jim Montgomery kind of, Downplayed it after a little bit, said, you know, it's happening all over the league. He watched two blown third period leads like in the last couple nights, um, but did mention, you know, he didn't like that they're giving up slot chances, chances from the net. He thought they lost battles there. Um, you know, I would expand on and say, like, yeah, it does happen across the lead, across the league, but it's happening to the Bruins more than you'd want. They are now. 13 1 and 4 this season when leading after two periods, which in terms of winning percentage ranks 28th in the NHL. Uh, that's that's not where you want to be. And the teams below them are Sharks, Flames, Blue Jackets, Islanders, looking above them at like the Kraken. Like these are either not playoff teams or teams that are like barely hanging in the playoff race. Um, you know, last year I think they blew three third period leads all season that led to to losses so uh you know that there are there are teams that are a lot better than them vancouver is 18-0-0 this year when leading after two los angeles kings 14-0-1 colorado avalanche 13-1-0 florida panthers 13-0-1 toronto maple leafs 12-0-1 like yeah it happens across the league but it is not happening this much to other top teams. So I think it's, I do think it's more of a problem than Jim Montgomery is letting on. Uh, I, you know, I think it can be fixed. There's a lot of time left between now and the end of the season, but you don't like to see it keep cropping up this much. Yeah. And, and he mentioned two of the reasons after the game and one had to do with um, giving up too many rebounds. And uh, the other was, I think he said, you know, uh, shots from the slot, like it, it has to do with how many chances they're giving up in front of their net. And I know this is uh, supposed to go to my opening shift, so I'm going to save the rest of that for later. Um, so my opening shift is something that doesn't have anything to do with today's game against the wild. And it's what happened earlier this week. Um, Monday, the Bruins decided to uh, send Patra to the world juniors and he left pretty much immediately. He's already in Sweden. So he wasn't with the team against the wild and he won't be back theoretically till what was it's got like January 8th or something like that. 
first week of January, like right around there, depending on how far Canada goes. But I'd be shocked if they didn't make it all the way to the championship just because it's Team Canada. Um, and we put up a poll about this this week on Monday, asking people, you know, was it a good or a bad decision? And a lot of the answers came back that they liked the decision, but I might be one of, I'm on the minority side apparently. And I have a lot of reasons why it kind of worries me. Uh, so we'll get into that later, but that is my opening show. Well, you know, you're in trouble when you're in the minority and I agree with you as well. So that's, that's probably, oh, that's really concerning. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm usually on an Island over here, but um, I'm also a non Bruins wild uh, storyline. I want to talk about um, friend of the show, Mark Allred over at black and gold network. That's who I saw this, this media scrum uh, video from regarding Ryan Mugenel, the Providence Bruins head coach. And basically uh, just, you know, in, in his second year, as pro, um, you know, Fabian Lysel, I think has 17 points in 23 games this year, but Providence head coach kind of said, all you need to know about where the Bruins feel he's at in his development. And they're not too pleased with them. I think that, uh, I think he, Mujanel is the eyes and the ears for the Bruins, obviously down in Providence. I think what he says gets relayed up to, to management and, and Jim Montgomery. And, and the sentiment is that, while he has a lot of skill, which we all know, there's for some reason just been a lack of buy-in and the lack of buy-in in Providence systematically won't correlate to Jim Montgomery's system in Providence, in uh, Boston. And the Providence head coach flat out said he's not going to play for, for Jim Montgomery if he doesn't buy in. So that's pretty damning and it's very transparent. You don't hear that very often. So on the one hand, you see that he is putting up some points, but you know there were some questions about Lysel's um, mentality, makeup, I think prior to being drafted. And I, I just can't help but wonder why someone who's so skilled hasn't even had an opportunity to play his first financial game at all, even if it was just for a quick, you know, for an injury replacement or whatever. And what sometimes when you have skilled players, maybe they just, there's a reluctancy to buy into to what's being asked of them. I don't know. I'm not watching Providence day to day, but you know who is, is their head coach. So, um, I found that to be very, very interesting this week. Yeah, why why don't we start there? Because I mean, that should be it should be something that maybe other people weren't didn't see this week. Um, but you want to know who else is always at those games? Don Sweeney. Uh, Don Sweeney is at a lot of uh, games where his prospects play, including Providence, including you know Hockey East or te- or you know college teams in the area. So he he knows probably firsthand and has watched it with his own eyes. Um, what he likes and what he doesn't like about Lysel's game. And um, his coach in Providence insinuated really that he's maybe a little bit too selfish still, and he hasn't done all the maturing that he needs to do in order to be a team player and play in Montgomery's system, which I think that's what I took from saying like he needs to buy in. And then he also made a comment about at the end of the game, he's trying to go one on four. Uh, so kind of sounds like, he maybe is trying to do too much himself and he needs to play more of a team game. So uh, I found it concerning because you don't often hear a coach call out a guy like that. Maybe he's trying to get a response and maybe he's trying to wake him up, but this is the Bruins only first round draft pick that they've had in a while. And they traded one for Lindholm. They traded one for Bertuzzi. Lysel is the first round guy that they needed to hit on. And the fact that, you know, what if he's a bust after all of this is really not something that 
Bruins fans are going to be um, huge on. I know Don Sweeney's done a lot of good things over the past few seasons to get the Bruins as good as they've been, but you need to hit on a first round draft pick. Uh, and if Lysel can't, because we mentioned this before too, it's not like he's super young anymore. Like he's had time in the system. He's had time in Providence uh, and he, you know, I think what you were saying too, not to take up too much time, but Brian, when we were talking to, who was the person that we had on for the, for that draft? We had a guest. Chris Peters. Yes. So we had a guest, we had him on for that draft and he was saying what some of the concerns were with Lysel, which was during COVID. He was inconsistent when he, on his team in Sweden. So there were questions and that's why Lysel ultimately fell a little bit down and where, where the Bruins took him. Yeah. So uh, I asked Don Sweeney about this on Monday um, when Sweeney met with the media and Sweeney was at that game on Sunday, um, which was the game that prompted uh, Mujanel's comments and Sweeney, you know, I think was doing a little bit of cleanup with his answer and um, you know, trying to downplay it a little bit saying that, you know, he, he had a good start early in the game. He did also score in that game. He actually he scored Providence's only goal. He nearly set up another one with a great play going to the net um, and set up a teammate who had, I think either whiffed or defenseman got a poke check in. Um, and then Sweeney said, you know, but what he's specifically referencing, managing, managing the game and having an understanding. And then Sweeney made the point of like, a lot of offensive players do this. And he mentioned Brad Marsh and David Pasternak. Offensively inclined players are going to go through that. They want to do more. Sometimes it's just about maintaining within the team structure and executing. And that's something that Fabian and all young players are going to continue to go through. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the specific play. Another friend of the pod at the Bruins Network on Twitter um, tweeted out like the exact play. Uh, that's Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Quitkowski, if, if you know if that's his real name. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he uh, has a real name. No, he's just the Bruins Network. That's yeah, that, that's his whole name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he tweeted out the exact play that Mujanel was talking about, and it's it's a delayed penalty. Lysel is like the trailer on the rush once they get the extra attacker on, and enters the zone with a ton of speed, gets basically past like the first line of defense. And then tries to drive to the middle, basically through two players, and loses the puck. The Providence Bruins actually do end up getting possession back um, and setting up. And on the surface, it's like you watch it and you... It doesn't look like that bad of a play. Like, it looks like a, a talented player in a six-on-five situation with his team trailing three-to-one in the third period, trying to make something happen. and. On the one hand, it's like, okay, like he he should be trying to make something happen. He's arguably the most talented player on the team. Um, and they have a, you know, a man advantage with the extra attacker on during a delayed penalty. On the other hand, like I completely understand the frustration of, hey, he went, you know, one on four or one on two or however you want to break it down. And almost loses possession when what he probably should have done is get in the zone, pull up and set up a six on five attack where you can potentially get a better chance 
than him trying to do everything himself. And so I think to me, like when I hear Mujanel's comments, it's not so it's clearly not just about that one play. It's something that's been building. And this seemed like sort of just like a tipping point of frustration that boiled over after the game that he went public with, which, you know, from my interactions with Mujanel is like not his style. He's usually a very positive guy. Um, so it seems like they've probably talked to him about this before of like, you know, you got to have more awareness of the game situation. You got to be willing to use your teammates. You got to know, you know, when to attack and take guys on and when to, to care about possession and and make plays that allow your team to maintain possession. Um, you know, in some ways it's, similar to some of the criticisms we've heard from Jim Montgomery about Matt Potra when he's been asked about benching him in the third period and he references game management. Like, I think these are similar things of young players not really adjusting their game to the, to the situation, if that makes sense. So um, that's kind of how I read it. And, you know, as far as like the bigger picture of Lysel being, potentially being a bust or whatever. I think it's, I still am not willing to go that far. Like he is for the most part, still having a good, not great season in Providence. Um, You know, and Bridget, you're right. Like he's, he's not 18, but he is still 20. It's not like he's 22, 23. So I guess I, I would say it's concerning, but I'm not panicking over this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that this year there was a lot of opportunity to be had for for Lysel in training camp. There was there were spots up for grabs. He didn't come anywhere close to sniffing one based on his camp. And so now he goes down to Providence and you're hearing from his head coach that he's just he's just not buying into a professional game and he's still playing pond hockey out there. And yeah, when you have the skill he does, pond hockey can give you, you know, the points that he has so far. But I don't know, I, I think that he's going to have to force force their hand to bring him to the NHL. And it seems like he's kind of nowhere near that right now because of, again, not because I'm saying this, but because the, the decision makers, his employer are saying this, it's his head coach, it's his GM. And, you know, Scott, what, what Don Sweeney said, I mean, yeah, I've never heard Sweeney try to, you know, smooth something over before and not be transparent or be political. So I guarantee you hundred percent sarcasm. I I guarantee Sweeney, you know, probably has the exact same message in his mind that uh, Mujanel does and Montgomery probably feels the same way. So he's saying one thing, but they're all on the same page. Um, But yeah, I I just think that we haven't even seen him get an opportunity. You know, someone goes down, the offense hasn't been, jumping off the page this year, especially if you're not David Pasternak. So there, there's still opportunity there, and he's not – it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to getting a call-up anytime soon. Um, even if there were a bunch of injuries, it sounds like they'll probably plug and play Oscar Steen and, you know, just 
whomever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I think Jesper Boquist was I mean was a yeah. call up before like, him. He, not not that one. Jesper Boquist is a bad call up because you know he's somebody that you identified in the offseason as someone you want to bring in and he has NHL experience and he's not 20. So um and yeah I don't want to sound like I think that they should, that they're giving up on Lysella yet because they're they're not and they shouldn't. Um but I think this the frustration is is there because they know he is such a like so much of a higher ceiling. Like they they identified him as a top six player. Like he's gonna be a winger, or they identified him as a winger that could play on your second line, maybe even your first line at some point in the future. So it's kind of like Brian, when when you're like a little bit down on Lindholm because you know that his his potential is higher uh than what it is. And and I think they expect a lot from Lysel. So those comments, you know, kind of come from a place of we know we can do more because, you know, we know what kind of a player he is. We just need him to buy in. Uh, and then maybe things will start going a little bit more towards him looking like he's ready for the pros. I It just seems like he's further away than we thought he would be at this point, I guess, is the, the concerning part. Well, and, and also Chris Peters, that's who was on with us a few years ago. I, I believe he, he made a comment along the lines of, Lysel may be the most talented forward in that. I have to look back at who the draft class was, but he was saying he was one of the, he was probably one of the more talented forwards in the first round, but he dropped to where he did. And so, and of course, like he said, there were some character things. I'm wondering if he's a likable player to coach. Um, is he somebody who well, you know, have- slams, slams his stick against the boards or, or, you know, hangs his head when, you know, when coach tries to discipline him? I don't know. It's unfair for me to say, cause I don't watch. I'm just trying to, think as to why because you're right scott it's not because of one play that mujanel made these comments it's it's a culmination of you know a lot of little plays like this so I, i'm thinking does the does he not like the player and i don't know i'm not really sure well there was a little only we don't know behind the scenes really with him too much but they did have on behind the b in the off season they followed him in sweden with pj axelson who is one of the people that helped identify him as somebody for the bruins to target and he seemed very likable he seemed pretty mild mannered. He seemed like he was working hard on getting, you know, putting on weight, getting strong. Um, he seemed like he was really working his butt off to try to get back in the in the mix for a call up at some point and try to get ready for training camp. His problem was we've we've gone over this in the past. He was coming back from a concussion, so there wasn't all, as much on ice stuff that he could do. But he was still working to you know to get heavier and. I think, I mean, from what we saw with that, he came across as, you know, a pretty likable person. And you also, yeah. Scott, you did a one-on-one with him during. during... Yeah, I've, I've, I've always found him, like, pretty likable. Like, I, I don't sense that there's any sort of attitude or anything like that. Um, I don't know. You know. I don't know if you guys would have seen that on Behind the B or in a one-on-one, though, Scott. True. You know, a but lot of times competitive things are out. But I think the character issue that had been like referred to didn't have to do with like a negative personality. I think it was like maybe just getting, getting a little bit flustered and we, we saw him once he got fatigued. Yeah. I mean, I think part of what we had heard was he was like, when he went up to kind of like the pro level in Sweden, he was frustrated that he wasn't playing more. Um, You know, so that's, I don't know. Maybe it's like somewhat related. If you want to draw a parallel of like, Hey, did he 
did he buy into doing what was best for the team or whatever? But also, like, I, I don't have a huge problem with a guy and a kid in his draft year being upset that he wasn't playing more. Like, that's – I bet that's probably, like, a fairly common thing for an mm-hmm. 18-year-old who's, you know, probably thinks he's in a really good situation and then he's not getting the minutes or playing in the situations he expects and you can't – you don't have as much chance to, like, showcase your game. So, I, you know, to me with, like, the, this Mujanel thing, like, I, it reads to me not – necessarily like some sort of overarching character concern it's just they're trying to get him to recognize game situations better knowing when to attack when to take guys on when to maybe play you know a little more conservative or a little more of a possession oriented game and they're frustrated that he doesn't that doesn't seem to be clicking or he doesn't seem to be able to identify those situations. Because again, like I could see how on the surface you'd look at the situation and be like, this is the time to attack. This is the time to try something. We're down three to one in the third period. Like what am I going to get conservative for? But you have an extra attacker and you have a chance to set something up in the zone. So I also understand like the frustration of like, why did you go one on four in this situation when there was an easier path to possession? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to, he's going to adopt a more NHL caliber mindset, just like, just like Jake DeBrusque in overtime, um, shooting a puck 15 feet over the net on, with, with, with two defensemen in front of him and Charlie Coyle going to the net instead of going off the pads for a rebound, he shoots it 20 feet over the net into a three-on-one the other way. Very smart play. I think Lyle Sells should take some notes there as well. 